Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to Brooke Mode. In this episode, we are joined by Brooke McIntosh. She is a runner, motivational speaker, content creator, coach, but more importantly, a genuine human being. In this episode, we are joined by Jack McIntosh as well, and we talk about friendship, what it means to be a good friend, chasing your dreams and how to do it, having hard conversations, reflecting on your life and finding out who you are, managing your ego to benefit you, your comfort zone and how to expand it, fear of judgment, mental health messaging, gratefulness, showing up every day, why the little things are bigger than the big things, social media and much, much more. This was a seriously good conversation and I loved listening back to it. Let's get into it. Right, Brooke McIntosh, welcome to the podcast. It's, it's really cool to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for today's conversation with you guys. Jack McIntosh, welcome to the <laughs> podcast. Long, Long lost cousins. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Finally get to meet her. <laughs> right, my first first question to start us off, um, I'm just interested how the people who go down this path of self-development and self-improvement, I think one of the big things is you sort of come to that realisation, that one moment like I'm just sick and tired of what's happening to me. I, I want to make a change. How do we get people out of autopilot more? Just to realise that you only get one shot at life. Um, you really do only get one shot at life. And if sometimes if you are lucky and you are that kind of person who does get a second chance, like myself, I got a second chance at life. I was hit by a truck coming at me 100 k's an hour going down the highway and I got a second chance at life. That was my biggest wake-up call to be like, this is my life. What do I actually want to do, do to it? How do you get people out of experiencing that it's like we got to share these stories and show people the true potential that they do have inside of them the untapped potential that they do have that every person has inside of them when I was 12 years old I had this little flame inside of me that I really just wanted to do something bigger with my life but because I never surrounded myself with bigger nor better, never seen any of that. I was just living in autopilot, my parents living in autopilot, like 
schools and all of that, my friends as well, I never seemed bigger and better. So I just thought that that was just life. And then this light inside of me, it just kept getting shut down, shut down, shut down. Whenever I wanted to go out and do something big, it would just get shut down and I never had the support around me. Whereas it's like if we start bringing these people along for the ride with us and surrounding ourselves with better and seeing better, I feel like everyone's light inside of them will be ignited to go out and do big things or to go out and want to better themselves and choose better for their lives instead of having to wait for their aha moment, get hit by a truck and whether they get a second chance at life or they don't. It's like if we just start by one small action of surrounding yourself better with better people every single day, you'll start getting on a different path of self-discovery and personal development, I guess. It's a big trend that I've seen is is it takes one moment to sort of change your life and go down this pathway. And obviously we don't want everyone to have to go through an experience like yours to, you know, have the life they want to have. Like people should be able to pursue the things they're passionate about without life or death situations. Mm. And I feel like it's a common thing with the region beta paradox where it's just basically where uh, sometimes everyone's stuck in the middle ground and until things get really bad people start to take action from it yeah so i think we shouldn't wait you know i mean we shouldn't accept mediocrity in our life we shouldn't accept you know feeling okay sometimes feeling shit sometimes we should strive to for me i'm in this space now where i'm i'm really happy with how i'm feeling with myself and the things i'm doing and i'm realizing that how it was before was okay, but it it could have been so much better. And I think a lot of people, I think what's common, the, the feelings you have that are common aren't normal. You shouldn't feel average about yourself. You should, be, life is so, there's so much positivity and love that you can experience in life. But because we're s- surrounded with so much negativity, it almost becomes what we accept. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, there's so much love and abundance out there. It's like, but we are so narrow-minded in looking at the negatives of our lives or looking at the things that we want more of or you don't have enough of. It's like, I'll be happy when I have this. I'll be successful when I have this. And it's like, reality is, broaden what you're looking at and everything is there for you. Love, abundance, money, whatever you're chasing, it is all there for you. You just need to, yeah, open, open your eyes with a bigger lens to see it all. How do you make someone like open the lens though? Because I feel like what you were saying before, like hitting rock bottom people, there's this idea that influences the like, um, what's it called? Hormones and stuff. They almost like push that idea of like hitting rock bottom and then you work your way up. But you just, I don't know, I'm struggling to think of how to te- or how to encourage someone to get off rock bottom when they're not actually there. Like when they're, when they're feeling like a six. Yeah, when you're feeling a six, if you've got a friend, if you've got a mentor, if you've got someone you look up to who's a 10, mm. go ask them what mm. they did. Yeah. Like ask the questions. And actually my year, my focus for this whole year is expansion and curiosity, mm. is to ask the people who have the things that I want or who are feeling the feelings that I f- want to feel, ask them the questions of like, how did you get there? Mm. Like what did you do? And what I'm noticing is that it all comes back down to who you surround yourself with. Surround yourself with one better person. If they're happy and you want to be happy, go with your happy mates. It's so cliche, but it's fucking so true. I've, oh, I've noticed it quite often now. Yeah, can't get past that one. It seems to be the common trend nowadays, like who you're surrounding yourself with. It's such a cliche, but then the people who hear that 
don't actually look and reflect in their life. Like the people who need to hear it the most don't hear it, don't see it properly. They just they just swipe their phones when they see it. But the people who get it, get it, and they're like, yeah, that makes so much sense. But the people who really need to hear it and surrounding themselves with the wrong people, the toxic people that are continuing this cycle with them, just yeah. don't don't under, understand it. I think that as well, they're afraid to be the change. They're afraid to go alone. They're afraid to break the mould. They're afraid to stand on their own two feet and be like, actually, you know what? I don't want to feel mediocre. I want to be better. I want to feel better. I want to have a better life. They're afraid to stand up, to stand out from the crowd. But if you want a better life, you have to stand up by yourself sometimes. I did. And that was the hardest six months of my life was standing alone. But it wasn't, it was in the times that I went alone that I found my crowd and that I found the people that I wanted to hang out with. And it was in that, it was letting go of my old friends and having the emotional intelligence and the capacity to know that I had to let go of those friends in order for my new friends to come into place. Was this after the accident? Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of been like a six-year process. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, but knowing that I'm letting go of those friends with love of what it was, but they no, no, no longer serve me and I no longer serve them in their journey either. People get this idea where like you have to hate them. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like it's, yeah. It's not, it's not like I don't like you, but it's just we're probably not right for each other anymore. Like we had our fun, 100%. Same thing with relationships when relationships end. Like it's always everything like it's like, oh, why did you guys break up? Well, like this person was this, this person was that. You see, like, sometimes people just don't align, including friendships. Absolutely, and I feel there's no wrong or right in there. I look at it as like so much power to that person. Awesome. And they're actually – I look at it now as like I'm actually doing them a service because I've got nothing more to give that friendship. So why stay in that friendship? Why stay in that relationship? That person can go give their energy elsewhere and I can go give my energy elsewhere. What do you think the purpose of friends is? We've had this question quite a bit, but what do you think friends are – what do you think a good friend is? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, for me, a good friend is someone who encourages you, who challenges you as well though. You want the encouragement, but you also want them to challenge you to be better and do better, but also to call you out on your BS behaviour too. And if your ego is playing up, if you're acting out, that they'll call that up. You don't – for me, I don't want a friend who's going to tell me I'm doing a good job all the time. Fucking oath. Or like just a pat on the back. It's like I can give that to myself. I can go to my mum or my dad for that. Like if you're my friend, I want you to grow with me, to evolve and to expand with me and to have uncomfortable conversations with me so that we can strengthen the connection of the friendship too and move through our journeys as we do. And if that's not happening, then that's where... I let them go with love. Why are friendships, like, you think you're so close to these people, but you're not? Like, whether they're childhood friends, you've been friends for 10 years, but you don't know much about them or all their fears, all their dreams and aspirations, their stories. Like, it's a common trend that I see. Like, we think we know the people who are close to us, but we really don't. How can we have these hard conversations with people who have already built up this friendship with? And like sometimes I find it almost easier now to start on the right page with new connections, like present this new self, but to almost flip that cycle that I'm in with these people and have these conversations, it might. I, don't, I just don't know how to do it. With older friends who have been there for a while, how to go established, deeper with them. Like established friendships and connections with people. Like because the dynamic is a certain way and it's almost like, 
change and yeah. it's and it's like almost like okay let's have this conversation like i want to have this conversation but you've just so used to the same routines the same habits with these people that it's 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 harder than just forming a new connection with someone and presenting this having a good first impression and setting the tone for what the relationship is yeah absolutely and i feel i feel it literally just comes down to that one conversation so one of my best friends taylor we've been best friends for 14 coming on 15 years now and our relationship has stayed strong for this whole time is because we continue have having conversations with each other and like I said she calls me out I call her out and apologize for crappy behavior that's happened in the past and then we move on like she's at a completely different stage in my in her life and I am as well but somehow we maintain that because we've got that deep connection but if you're starting and like if you've got a friendship you've had for 10 years you want to save her you want to go deeper with them but I feel like it starts with that one conversation of being like hey, bro, this is where I'm at. Like, do you want to continue this friendship with me? Because I'm all about discovery. I'm all about having deeper connections. Um, and I want to see you in my life still. Like, let's chat deep or what's actually going on for you. Like, I want to know you on a deeper level. None of this surface stuff, going out, piss with the boys on the weekend anymore. Like, I'm evolving. This is your opportunity to step up and evolve with me too and understand each other better understand your needs your wants your feelings emotions it's a huge thing so many people shy away from is their feelings and emotions and it's like how do we get people talking about it we just start talking about it mm. i think that's yeah you have to be like the catalyst of the change yeah especially if you want to see it we've we had a good one though like that you were um sort of mentioning but we had a rule like if one of us says an excuse we have to call each other out like yeah, yeah. and then it just make because once once you're on the terms with each other, then there's no like, it's not negative at all. It's just like, oh, like, thanks, mate. Like, it comes from a place of love. It's standard and it's expected. Yeah. And then, like, if you're gonna tell like a little white lie or something, and you know that they're gonna call you out, you stop it in you your just tracks. Be honest, yeah, yeah. It's a limiting beliefs one for me. Like, whether it's posting a thing or saying a thing, like you have this automatic voice that comes to your head, and you say it to your friends, but. Your friends will either, like most of our friends will either support us or give a shit about it. But you want the friend who can challenge you to overcome that, whatever you're saying, to redirect you in that positive way. And that's what I see the value in in good friendship. Yeah, I feel like you want the challenge there as well. But I also definitely feel like there's nothing wrong with a bit of banter back and forward of like pulling the piss sometimes. But then also the encouragement that goes there too. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a fine line, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What about vulnerability then because i feel like it's a huge buzzword but i don't think people truly understand what it means mm-hmm. so how, why where do you think vulnerability plays out in friendships or just hard conversations in general uh little backstory this vulnerability piece really hit me hard on day 16 of running 1600 k's to raise awareness for mental health i was going through the trenches that day i had um i had a little episode the night before and I wasn't feeling myself, had a bit of an argument, a bit of a fight with my dad and I just, I needed to talk about it and I needed some help through it. And I went to bed real pissed off, angry, woke up the next day and I had to, on the run, I was running 60Ks a day. So I had to get on the run by 7am and start running. But Rowan, my support crew at the time, he was um, he was like, what's wrong with you today? And I just couldn't shake the feeling. I just couldn't shake it off. And then I got on the run and I started running 10Ks And then I just broke down into tears and I was like, fuck, this is what true vulnerability actually means. 
it means to me, it means turning to your mate in the dark times when you're not okay and looking at him and just being like, I'm not okay, can we just have a conversation? And actually turning in those moments and being open and vulnerable to show someone that you so care about, let them see your darker side and let them see you in your weakest moments where you actually just need help and giving them the opportunity to help you through those moments instead of turning to social media and showing up online and being vulnerable straight away. It's funny how you use the word weakest. Like, we, Obviously, it's a common term we use in society, but is it because we call it the weakest? It's not your weakest yeah. moment, is it? It's, yeah, your it's, it's actually moment. your strongest Yeah. Um, and your most courageous. So it's, it's funny because I feel like having that label on it almost – stops people from from getting to that point because for me that's where your true vulnerability piece lies and people say vulnerability is a sign of weakness and to me it's like it's a sign of strength it's a sign of courageous like having the courage to speak up or having the courage to be vulnerable to ask for help um and for me that's where I found for my own personal belief and like the true meaning of vulnerability was in that moment of having the courage to stand up in my like saddest moment of the day but also like the moment where I needed the most help to get over that hurdle and ask for the help that I needed and to be open and to be seen in it all Mm. I was like oh this is scary you would have felt good after though oh I did like and that's all it took was me to open up and be like hey bro we need to have a chat called off for 30 minutes we had a bit of a chat had some pancakes get back on the run and I'm pretty sure I hit a pbs that day (laughs) I was like surprised if I hadn't have being courageous and open my heart to allow him the space to help me and be vulnerable in those moments, I would have just carried that burden on my shoulder for the whole day. Would have been hard as well. Yeah, it would have been way harder. What What do you think is the thing that stops us from having that hard conversation? Like we say, oh, we're not good at hard conversations, but these people love us and we actually know that, but we still are afraid. The fear, the judgment, the stories that we tell ourselves in our head. Is the biggest killer. You, you almost have the conversation with yourself before you have it with that person, and then you come to some understanding of not. Nah, I don't know. You, you make your own stuff in your head, but you'd say like, "Oh, they're not going to care. It's not important. Whatever your <laughs> your mind's telling you." But and how crazy is it that your mind's telling you all these things, and then you go out and have the conversation, <laughs> and then afterwards you're like, "Oh, <laughs> they well, didn't that say that didn't to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That didn't happen like that at all." <laughs> <coughs> It almost goes back to the Brene Brown. Everyone should listen to that. Yeah, I, I fucking Have you heard Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown. Yeah. Love Have you seen what's the the Cold of Courage on Netflix? Yeah, that's so good. Um, yeah, and that's a massive piece. Like one of Brene's Brown pieces for me is if you're not in the ring daring greatly with me, then I don't care what you have to say. If you're not out there giving life a best shot, well, man in the I'm arena. Man in the arena. We love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's been a big thing we're on recently because. Mm. We're doing things and like posting stuff. Call it what you want. We're, we're Just putting yourself out there. Vulnerability is actually defined as like allowing yourself to be attacked. Like you, and especially when you're not feeling, because that's why I think when you're feeling your quote unquote weakest, but you're not feeling good about yourself and you're so scared to have a conversation. That's why it's like true vulnerability because like you, you put you could like in your head you think you're going to get attacked. You you. Showing yourself, you, you feel like you're exposing all your weaknesses and your insecurities and your fears. Or you feel like they're going to get exposed. Yep. That's why I think it's so powerful. Um, 
but yeah, the Brene Brown piece. Um, I don't know what I was saying before. <laughs> about Darren Greatly getting in the ring. It's yeah. Oh, everyone just wants to talk shit from the stands, but they're not actually in the arena. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, hundred percent. And we and we, because she talks about like we grab stuff from the cheap cheap seats. Yeah. Like we just pull these comments so close to our hearts. But I don't think there's any other way to overcome it. You can find as much self love, but I feel like you have to go through it. Like. From me, getting a lot of criticism and hate and just the negativity, like the resilience I've built just from going through that rather than trying to like... Avoid it. Or outthink it or mm. try and be like, oh, it's coming from a place of insecurity. Like, yeah, no shit, but you still feel judged. Like the best way is to go through it and to prove to yourself that it's, you know, that you can deal with it and you are stronger than it sort of thing. Yeah. Just, who was it? Oh, it was Jammo. It was actually Jammo. And he was saying that they just stopped looking at comments. But isn't yep. that just like hiding from it? Like, look at the comments. Fucking look it in the face. And just go, fuck. You can say all that shit. I don't believe it. I know who I am. Yeah, it's, it's a fine balance, isn't it? Because I feel like there's that element to it. And then there's the element of that, like, what you see, you start to see more of. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you see negativity, put you in a negative mood, you're going to start true. You're gonna start to see negative things. There's so much negativity and positivity in the world. Like, what, what you think the world is, is what you're going to see. That's just how the the reticular activating system in the brain works right so i think it's important to understand that yeah there's two elements to it don't like don't avoid it because you can't handle it but don't go out of your way to look for it you know i mean you sh- i think it's about finding a place where you have the strength to go through it but you're still putting your attention to the positive things because i think where you're What's the quote? Where your attention goes, your energy flows. So you yeah. s- it, once you start concentrating on the positivity, I think it really expands within you. So, Dude, I was listening to Stephen Bartlett. I don't know if you've heard of this. And he read out a study and I was fucking shocked from it. Pretty much they, let's just say a thousand people, and they gave 500 people um, a cold, cold water or something, something like that, and then 500 people a warm or lukewarm water. Anyways, they left them for days. And they asked him to, um, or maybe it was the end of the day, and they asked him to um, write a story or draw a, draw a figure or was something this, like that. Was this the study where they had the... Um, Might have been coffee. The coffee, and they had to read it. So they got prime. Was this the prime? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that they either gave people cold water or warm water, um, and then they read out a story, and then they had to... Explain what that explain person Explain what was. that person was thinking or feeling. So they got primed with either cold or warm water. Which is and, fuck, and which it, is so and, and for both cases, they had to describe what the person was in this text. And like I think it was like 80% from both cases said they were this sort of person or that sort of person. Like if they were described as a... If, if, they, had, if, if they, they had the cold water, they were a dark, um, mean sort of person. And then if they had the warm water, they were a um, bright, bubbly... Like yeah. 80% of the people agreed with and it that. It's the exact same side. thing, but it was because like their brain was primed to see it and interpret it in a certain way. So far. So a different water that they yeah. just had. And, yeah, and people don't It's priming. It's yeah. priming. And there's so many studies that show, well, I mean, we didn't really explain it well, but there's so yeah. many studies that show. <laughs> did did our best. <laughs> yeah, absolute butcher. But w- what comes, what you, what you think and what you see, what you're primed with, like that's the filter that you see the world through. Absolutely, and sometimes all it takes is just change your lenses and the whole world's completely different. And brings back to the friends thing. Like, if you're surrounded by negative friends, you're going to be negative. You're going to be the sixth negative person. If you're looking for negative comments, you're going to see negative comments. If you keep, like, you're putting yourself out there, it's, like you said, um, don't take advice from the people throwing from the cheat tickets. Cheat tickets, yeah, 100%. So good. 
Um, here's a really important one for people like us who are trying to encourage people to reach their potential and expand their comfort zones. How do we find the balance between telling people the harsh truths while also generating and fostering their sense of like self-love and acceptance for who they are, but it's sort of like telling them what they really need to hear? I think this day and age, uh, I just think you've got to be a realist. Like if you want to go out and do big shit, it's going to be hard. But it's when you're doing the big shit that your confidence, your self-love, you're courageous, you're, it's all just going to come with it as well. What about the – because we get a lot of messages, right, and that they're people that are, you know, they're on the lower um, end of the spectrum in terms of, like, self-growth and knowing who they are and they're just struggling a lot, no no friends. Um, and so they've got to take, like, probably more small baby steps to get – because, like, I don't know, at the start when I was giving advice out, I'd be very nice and kind and tell them almost what they want to hear. But then I like sort of flipped switch. I was like, I, I don't want to be that person for them. I want to be the person that, you know, gets them off the couch, gets them finding fucking like-minded people, friends, they want friends um, and all that sort of stuff. I don't want to just, I don't know, tell them what they want to hear. Yeah, there's Suffering. a lot of like tell them what they want to hear and then encourage them that way and stuff and a lot of fluffy, fluffy fluffs out there and it's like, yeah. let's just get to the point. You want better, let's go out and do better. What do you like? What do you enjoy doing? Um who do you want to be like? Like, what is your dream? Mm. I never used to be able to dream at all. It wasn't until I put myself in bigger rooms that I was just like, holy crap, there's so much more possibilities out there for me. I can dream now. Now I know what I want. And if you don't know what you want, like, start trialling all different things. If you're not happy in your current life, but you, like, right now don't know who it is that you want to be like or you don't know what you want to do in life, just try different things. And that's, like, <laughs> again, it's like a cliche. Everyone, like, says try things, but that's what you have to do. And then people will go, well, like, no, I'll wait a week. Like, it's always the waiting I the waiting game. My f- uh, spin on that is try things, but try things you don't want to do in the sense that, that it expands your comfort zone. Like, go to a morning swim club or a run club that where you're really scared to go to or, like, go to the gym if you, like, you know you want to but you don't really want to because you're scared of people's judgments. Like, do the things that are scary but... You sort of you don't want to do them, but like beyond that, you sort of do. It's like your yeah, your yeah. your fear voice is saying, "Oh, I don't want to do it," but yet deep down, you really want to do it. People get confused. Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's go. I used to be like that as well. And uh, a hack for me personally was one, two, three, go do it. Man, I yeah. love that one. Yeah, it's so and simple and easy. Everyone can do it. Yeah, and same as like get up to your alarm in the morning. One, two, three, get up. Or I had to start by giving myself an hour leeway to go out and do it. Or like a swim club all right, I'm going to go to swim club. I'm not going to go tomorrow, but I'm definitely going to go next week. And then that day would come. Oh, man, my anxiety was through the roof. I don't want to come. I don't want to get out. But I do want to be a part of that community. And that's where, like, that what I really wanted was to be a part of the community. My anxiety tried to keep me small inside. No, you don't. You don't need new friends. You don't need Mm. to experience all that. And it was just, like, where you have to be one up from your ego. Because your ego is always going to come in and try to, to protect you and that's what your ego is there to do is to protect you but you got to differentiate from the two and be like actually no this is what i do want and that's where you have to choose the better life mm. if you just keep sitting down and just being like oh no like i've got anxiety or i can't go out because i'm too scared to meet new people make new friends 
and you're telling these stories in your head, you've got to know that that's your ego telling you those stories. That's not reality. Mm. And if you start living in the present moment right now, you're secure, you're safe, your ego is just trying to attack you from experiencing so much more greatness on the other side. And that's where I go, one, two, three, go. And I feel like the bigger that voice is, it often means like the bigger sort of excuses that you come up with, it almost becomes things that you must do. Like you, if let's say you really want to do something, it, the ego will come up with an even bigger voice as to or justify why it doesn't need to do it or why you shouldn't be doing these certain things or why you're not good enough. It comes up with all these excuses because deep down it knows you really want to do it. So it has to come up with a narrative that is big enough to sort of mirror the passion, the underlying passion you do have for those things. Yeah. So that's why people who are really passionate about certain things will bring down the people who are doing the things that they want to do because it's it's like, oh, they've got all this passion to do it, so they just want to bring them down. That's their ego trying to bring them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Just do uncomfortable shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, ask yourself, did you die? No, let's go oh. out and do it again. And it just makes everything else easier. And it makes it, it more enjoyable. Like life just becomes oh. way more enjoyable. You're like, oh, didn't die. That, that's what I wrote in my um, one of my newsletters was, for me, the reason I like going out of my comfort zone is so that I can spend more time in my comfort zone. Mm. Because if you voluntarily go out of your comfort zone, right, let's say getting more comfortable to be in the gym or meet new strangers, every time you have that experience now, it's within your comfort zone. So if you're just continually expanding your comfort zone, all these mundane activities in life that people are so scared of with social anxiety or posting on social media, it becomes really comfortable and easy. So the whole point of going outside of your comfort zone is to be comfortable. But people get into that mentality like, oh, they're just sadists or like they just want to do hard shit. But the point is to have a more enjoyable, fulfilling life where you can actually be comfortable with yourself and what you're doing. Yeah, I really like that. I really like that analogy as well. That's cool. Yep. So why do we think people are so afraid to be themselves? Judgment. Fear of judgment. Yeah, it's is that simple? Do you reckon? <sighs> well, I don't know. I'm just thinking back. Like in school, you just want to fit in. Yeah. Simple as that. You just want to fit in with the most popular group or just the group that you want to be in. You want to fit in and just, I don't know, slide under the radar, I guess. Get invited to the parties. Yeah. Just and it's like when you are your authentic self, you're going to be seen. You're going to stand out because there's not many people out there who are their true authentic self. And whenever you are... They like to shine the light on that and then they like to either tease you, call you out or ask you questions. Why are you doing that? That's not you. And it's like, (laughs) do you even know me, bro? (laughs) You become a magnet though. You do. Um, You definitely do. Yeah. And I feel like you magnetise people towards you. Well, the good ones at least. And you can also bring people that maybe wanted to fit in with the popular group, but they're seeing someone else be themselves, be different, just show who they are. And they're like, fuck, I wish I could do that. And then they will slowly draw towards you and then they hopefully that comes out of them as well. Yeah. I look at it as like a permission slip. If you can be a-okay with who you are at your core and let that light shine out, you're the permission slip for the other people around you to do that as well. And that's exactly what you start drawing in. And for me personally, it goes back to primary school. I was always so shy. Actually, I was a little shit in school, but I was shy <laughs> to be myself. Mm. So then I covered that with being a little shit. Yep. I covered that with wanting to hang out with the cool kids. And it's like little me, if she knew what she knows now and is in as confident back then as what she is now, it would have been a whole game changer. 
Do you think it's one of those things where we treat the symptoms but not the cause? Like, I'm sure you would have been treated for behavioural issues, but that wasn't the underlying cause of the problems, was it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Punishment was my second name. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, all I wanted to do was just be, be loved, feel worthy enough and be authentic to myself. I feel like... It's always the loud people. They're, they're like, it's almost the, they're searching for validation through laughs of the class. That's why you become a shit. Everyone's laughing with your, um, or at you, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and people always look at them as like the confident loud ones, but they're actually not. No, it's all, it's all just a mask. Yeah. And I feel the confident ones in life are the ones who, they don't need to be loud. The the, mo- the most loudest in the room is often the most insecure. Mm. You find I'm insecure. Do you find that because this is the only problem I have with generalizations is yeah. like they get in people's heads and they get in my head too. Because sometimes I'm like I'm like really being myself confident and I'm like sometimes I start telling myself that story again. I'm like, what am I? I like th- I think on this whole personal growth PD journey that people are on, it's like. When you're on that journey, you know, you can feel, if you can feel energy and stuff, you can feel when someone's ego is acting out. Mm. And when someone e- someone is being super loud through ego or through actual genuine heart confidence. And I definitely feel like there's a difference in the two. Yeah. So I think I can feel it in myself as well. Like I'm loud all the time, but there's probably two different louds. Like one where I'm being myself and then one where I'm like... My ego is shouting, really. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now that you say that, I'm like thinking back to times. It's interesting. And it's crazy when you find your people, like people who know me, they know like me for all of me and I'm freaking so loud. But when I first meet people, if I feel like they're not my kind of people, I'll just be quiet, just kind of like kid myself. Yeah. But then if I have one interaction with someone and I'm like, whoa, you're my person, like it's all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you think there's anything wrong with mental health messaging nowadays? I think it is very narrow-minded and I still think it's just such a taboo topic. It's like, why? Well, yeah. we The actual messaging of it, we, we it's not that we don't agree with it. We think it could be, get a lot better. Yeah, more specific. I feel like for, for men, here's the thing. So with for men, there's a lot of suppression of emotions for a long period of time. And that's why there's – and I think what happened in society was men started to speak up and you saw a lot of positive changes. Like a lot of men got to say how they were truly feeling. So it helped for a lot of people. But I feel like what people thought was, okay, men just need to speak up about their emotions and that will fix everything. Band-aid. It was a Band-aid, right? Because it's a good temporary fix because if men have gone 10, 20, 30, 40 years not speaking about how they truly feel, it's this – Huge release. It's a huge release. Huge release of emotions. And it's obviously going to have a positive effect, but they're going to get back into those same cycles, those limiting beliefs, unless there's that longer-term solution. Like, it's it's a good temporary fix, and I think it's needed because it can stop worst-case scenarios. It can stop terrible things for a lot of people. But for a lot of men, it's like they end up going back in the same situation. And I think for the mental health, there's not enough of, like, how to have good mental health for long sustained periods of time like whether it's sleep whether it's relationships exercise diet information diet what are you consuming who are you hanging around there's not enough of that it's all like speak up it'll change your life yeah not weak to speak yeah it's like we agree but 
it's like, is that really going to, the long term, it's not a long term solution. It's like, yeah, speak, then what? <laughs> yeah, fair. It's like, all right, I've spoken, well, fuck, I still feel like shit. What do I do next? I'm still woken up depressed. I still want to, yeah. worst case, suicide. Like, what next? It's like the what next needs to happen now. And it's like, I was listening to it, I sent it to you. This guy was talking about have, like getting on antidepressants. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> but like people think that's the solution. That's not a solution. It's still a Band-Aid. And Makes I you feel hate, good, but yeah. I hate when people are prescribed antidepressants and I hate how easy it is to get them nowadays. I'm like, people OD on antidepressants. People OD with that and like weed and shit because they're depressed. It's like it's still just a Band-Aid thing. Yeah, yeah I went to my doctor and spoke about it. Got an antidepressant pill. Sick. What next? <laughs> yeah, I know. Still feel like crap. Well, you're just going to feel numb. You know, Tony, you know Tony Robbins? Yeah. Man. So, so you know how he does those, do you know the date with destiny stuff he does? A dream would be to go to one. Oh, one. how good would that be? <laughs> we should yeah. just all go. Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> that would be unreal. Anyways, they did a, I think it was at Harvard or Oxford, one of those big dog universities. They did like a study where they looked at people who were prescribed antidepressants and then people who went to that. And the long-term outcomes from going to Tony Robbins versus antidepressants was incredible. It was like it was ninety percent to like ten percent. It was like was a yeah, it was like a hundred percent of people didn't who went in there. I think fifteen percent or seven percent of people went in wanting had suicidal thoughts. Everyone came out not not feeling depressed from Tony Robbins thing. And a year later, they followed up, and it was the retention rates of the was mind you was was incredible. Yeah. The changes that happened compared. But and that's the thing. There's no money in that. There's no money in that for the pharmaceutical companies. So then whenever Correct. we start talking about have you got out in the sun today? Have you connected to your breath? What's your diet like? What's your movement like? As soon as more and more of that is published out, it's like the ph- pharmaceutical companies come in and shut it down straight away because there's no money in that. It's like all the free resources out there, that's what's going to help ultimately pull you out of depression. Mm. Tony Robbins should just be every fucking <laughs> psychologist like in the world because he, he digs deeper than... And he, like, he gets to the root cause of the problems. Yeah. In like 10 days. Yeah, I know, it's, it's crazy. incredible. It's insane. And he's got that many people watch, like, listening, watching him. If the, in an ideal world, if the world was designed to push that, what he's doing, we'd live in a, such a different place. Like, <sighs> it would be incredible. If, if, like, imagine you went into primary, imagine every person, like, went to community halls and, like, had an opportunity for, like, skilled people like Tony Robbins to come around and speak. That would be an absolute dream. Mm. Oh. He he puts the power back in the person, whereas, like, psycho- I've never been, I can't really, uh, I'm not going to comment on it, but, like, I just don't think they give them the power. They just, just it's more of a conversation, which is nothing wrong. It's it's steps, but mm. it's not going to, it's not the long-term thing. Yeah, They keep the drips and the drabs are they coming are the back for more, coming the money, back for more. Yeah. It's the money. Like and then, whereas someone like Tony will actually take that belief of, inside of you and freaking yank it out yep. and show you how to do that yep. continuously yeah. as well. Yep. I think that's the important thing, empowering people to overcome limiting beliefs because that's – I talk about the facade. Like we all walk around with like a mask on and masking how we truly feel and what we want to achieve in life. And I feel like Tony Robbins' thing so powerful because he just – when I watched that, it just was so – made me happy. It, like, it, made me so, it made me so happy to see – People like, because I see it all the time. I, you see people's, you can see the life has taken a toll on people. Mm. And being young, very young in the grand scheme and seeing people gone through a life with this and realising how possible it is to change, mostly from witnessing other people, especially when you see like Tony Robbins' impact on people. You just, 
you just it's so I can't even describe it. The opening it, scene, man. The opening scene is just it's like one of the best ones. Go- the guy red shoes or whatever. Like, I, I I think I cried during it. Yeah. And like and it was just like na- like I wasn't even thinking cuz do you know when you like think you're about to cry? Mm. Like cuz I think for a lot of men men who start to get emotional, they'll get like and then they'll think, "Oh, I can't cry." And then they'll stop crying. Shut up. But like that emotion just just I just had to tear. I'm like, what? Cuz it was just so powerful to see like Something I'm truly passionate about, see it on the screen. That's just incredible. And that's just a one-off payment, Tony. Like, obviously, it costs like a f- it costs quite a bit, yeah. But like, it's not the re- he's not getting you back recurring. People probably want to go back to be honest, but it's not the recurring payment. Like keeping you hanging on, hanging on. Hang- like he just gives it gives it how it is for ten days, and most people are fucking feeling good. They just full change, and it's like you literally walk away. Like from what you see from documentaries and stuff, they walk away change person completely like their shoulders fall back their whole body just changes as well and I'm it's crazy like the more inner work that you do on yourself the more physically your body changes as well Mm. and like you see that transformation in the 10 days at Tony Robbins they walk in there full sad depressed bags under their eyes no energy they walk out and they're just like lights on power back they're ready to go (laughs) what what role do you think money has because when we talk about this stuff, it's naive to not speak about money because the world operates with money as like this currency, this medium. But people chase money for success, but they won't prioritise their mental health as a part of a successful life. So how can people balance like chasing you know, money, financial freedom, as well as making sure they prioritise their mental health? Because money without mental health is meaningless. Like good, good, oh, me- good mental health. I mean, and it's funny the word success. It's like, oh. what do you, what do you think of success? Like your initial thoughts of the word success. For me, what do you tie to well, it? Well, I'm very internal. Like I'm very, I'd be like about contentment and joy and that sort of. I, I'm not really, I'm not an external sort of person, um, but I think in society it's very. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know how much money, cars, careers, reputation, titles, status. It's a ve- like. Absolutely. I, there's a lot of stuff. There's a book I haven't read. I want to read like called The Status Game we're saying yeah. about how like we're playing this invisible hierarchy game and one of the rules to it is like we all pretend we're not playing it. Yeah. It's like we all pretend we're not yeah. playing some invisible like hierarchy ranking game. And deep down, uh, even men, they still chase that fame. Like, 
And I think there's nothing wrong with having possessions and having money oh, and stuff. Yeah. If you do like that stuff, that's great. But if ultimately, if that's all you're chasing, you're chasing the success to have a million dollars in the bank account, three Ferraris, whatever it is, big house. If you're just chasing that and you get it, you're still going to be depressed. Like you're still going to feel like a sack of shit sitting on the couch because you're not actually happy. And I'm doing a lot of work now and on this as well. It's like a thing that's come to me over the past few months is triple S, triple threat method for me that means self-strategy success so many people look at the success first as in let's get the million dollars let's get the big ferrari the house whatever and then i'll be happy (laughs) whereas for me i'm like you got to have a triple s triple threat method for your life and that means you got to get to know yourself first who you are at your core what you want what it is that you makes you happy what your core values are and how how you want to live your life how much you want to work how much you want to enjoy how much you want to travel everything who you are at your actual core and you got to work your strategy on that like is it create your own business is it you work for a company four hours ten hours what is it what strategies work for you for me is it ice baths emotional um, regulation breath work new calm that helps keep me stated and keeps me feeling my best every single day and then to me that's the ultimate success mm. when I know I myself you. when I know my strategy and that's my ultimate success every single day. I feel like people retrofit their values and what they, their beliefs to suit their circumstances and external success. So people will have opportunities, businesses, they'll get things and they'll almost change who they are fundamentally to suit the... Because they're getting validated for it. Oh, you're getting a job, you're doing incredible, you're earning money. Like To some extent, it's, it's a positive thing, but they'll change who they are at their core or pretend, you know, they probably haven't changed, but they tell themselves this story that they're someone different to who they are. They pretend to be someone that they're not because they feel like they have to have this stuff now that they've got that new job or something like that. Exactly. And and then, then they look successful. And it's like, you can have a new job, but if you know yourself at your core and you know yourself, you won't change that. The new job is just the added bonus. Exactly. Money right. coming in is just the added oh, bonus. I forgot who said it, but it was... Went something on the lines of um, the scariest place to be is when everyone's telling you how successful you are, but you feel shit inside or something Something on the lines yeah, of that. Yeah, it's saying to do with like um, the biggest tragedy is, um, was it the one with the Titanic and everyone's applauding? Could be. That's a great quote. It's unreal. And yeah, fuck. Like everyone looks at success in society as money, obviously. Yeah. And how good your business is. And we have we were speaking to um, a guy who's, you know, he's got a pretty good um, a business that, you know, he, he said that's exactly what happened to him. People were telling him how good his business is going. But inside he felt shit. He, he ended up um, imploding, I guess. Like he just get overworking himself and he's stripped it back now. But And yeah. it's like the money means shit at the end of the day. If you don't have love, if you don't have family time, if you don't <sighs> – if you're not enjoying any of it, what does the money actually really mean? It's just sitting in the bank account. Yeah, you can go out and buy <laughs> something new, whatever. Makes you feel good for fucking Feel good one for day. like one second and that's yeah. what people chase, right, is the high dopamine hit. Makes you feel good for like one hour buying the new thing or out experiencing the experience. And then you come home to bed, you lie your head on your pillow and you still feel shit. Mm. It's like mm, that's what money does if you don't have all the other things in place. for me, like, neurochemically like it's sometimes people find it hard to distinguish between dopamine and serotonin 
because it's a very excitatory feeling. So people get this validation, external stuff, and it will really spike dopamine, but it's not really having a serotonin impact. So when you're really in the present moment, enjoying what life is in the present, that is serotonin at its best, like in enjoying the moment. But dopamine really spikes when it's like the anticipation of what something's going to mean in the future. So it's really anticipatory. So I feel like people achieve things and sometimes they won't even, they're not even enjoying it in the moment for what it is. It's for what it could mean. But they think they're enjoying their life and their journeys because it's very, because it's a very similar feeling. It's hard to, it can be hard for people to, to distinguish. But for me, I've really come to understand the difference in my brain because for me, a dopamine thing is, I achieve something and my brain starts thinking of what the next thing and then the next thing. And I can, it's my thoughts that guide me. And I'm like, okay, I'm not actually really appreciating the progress or the reward or whatever I did. I'm not even in the moment. I'm thinking about what it could mean for the future. So I think people need to understand that they might be successful, but it's, and they're feeling good, but they're on this hedonic treadmill. Like we mentioned, like you're on this treadmill, like next thing, because guess what? The moment those rewards or that anticipation stops coming, you're going to crash. You know, if you, if you can't be happy with the coffee, you won't be happy with the yacht. Yeah, and people are afraid of people are afraid of the crash. And I used to be afraid of the crash as well. And then I was like, all right, my last shit, my last shit. How can I bring it back up? Oh, let's go to the drugs and alcohol, bring it back up. All right, last shit again. Got to come down. But now I've realised how much power there is in the neutral too mm. and how much happiness and solitude and just abundance and all of that other jazz is just in the neutral like life is just so beautiful life is just bliss it probably okay it probably depends where that neutral like your baseline is lying as well because mm-hmm. some people with their baselines down here so like no wonder they're hating life and they're just seeing the negative and all that bullshit but your neutral is probably up here so like even even though it's um a normal day like you're still fucking loving life still loving it yeah exactly. that's very true and then that's like if they're down here that's all right, how can I bring it up a little bit? Correct. Exactly, because that's what happens with dopamine overstimulation. In the long run, it just shifts it down. So that's why it's powerful. Um, where do you think gratefulness plays a role? Because I think for me, that's been a big one, um, being grateful. But I, I've sort of my I've sort of a different take on gratefulness now since I've started reading this Joe Dispenza book. Um, but I'm interested in your guys' thoughts on gratefulness for like a good mental health and appreciating life. I think uh, it plays a massive part in the now, in the present and in the um, like in the future and then in the what was as well. For me, I, I express gratitude every single day. That changed my life for sure. Um, but not just for your physical things, for the internal and the external things as well, like other people, the experiences. Yeah. I feel That's like when you go through an experience like what you went through, like you're literally just grateful to be alive where some people don't have that experience to attach to I guess yeah I used to ask my I used to like just look around (laughs) like I walk into a room now and I'm like man I'm so grateful for that painting over there (laughs) so much effort to do that (laughs) I love that such a beautiful piece whereas before walking oh yeah cool room guys yeah um bringing the slowness to it But then also, like, for me, looking around and being like, wow, my life is actually pretty good. I have a phone. I have a laptop. I have a roof over my head. Whereas someone in a third world country, they would dream of that. (laughs) And it's like, again, it does come back to your experiences and what you've experienced in life. And if you've never seen a third world country, well, you wouldn't know what it looks like or 
what it could look like. And then when you have, you are just so much more grateful for what you do have. Exactly. And there's so many powerful studies that show like suicide rates are incredibly low in third world countries. And I think a huge, yeah, and a huge thing in that, like talking on suicide rates and everything is that like you might be feeling low right now, but just remembering it's a bad day, not a bad life as well. I love that one. And Mm. if you ever are down in the dumps, it's like, all right, just have a look around and like, what can you be grateful for? Like, I'm sure if you just take one moment, if you take like five minutes out of your day to look around, there is one thing that you can be grateful for that anyone can be grateful for that will just help them hold on for one more day and realise that it's just that bad day. It's not the bad life. I think a good one that everyone can do, if you've got a roof over your head, um, go do the winter sleep out. I'm going to do it this year and I'm fucking excited because I did it in school back in year nine or whatever. And I always like look, look back at that experience and like, fuck, like if everyone just did that, they'd be grateful to be sleeping in a fucking nice bed every single night. But like a lot of people jump into their bed angry, fucking anxious, whatever it is. And my mate said that you can't be anxious and grateful at the same time. I don't know if that's true um, or not. But yeah, he told me that. I was like, oh yeah. So whenever you like feel like you're gonna have anxiety attack or something like that, you just start to try be grateful about things, whatever's around you. Yeah, it's like what, what's around you or like even a memory that you once had in the past with your grand. Man, I'm so gra- f- grateful nowadays for my grand. She's not here anymore. But if I'm ever in a slump or something, I just reflect on the happy memories of those memories or like with family or a silly silly memories with friends back in the day. That yeah. always brings a smile to my face that yeah. I'm like, oh, that's right. I am grateful for that friend. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like gratefulness for me, the spin, I, the way I use it is like being grateful for like the circumstances I have now because of the things I've done. Um, so I like to bring it really internal. So like all the effort I've put in, all the, th- the people in my life, all that positivity for what's now, I really appreciate and grateful for like for everything that's in my life basically. And then, but for Joe Despender's book sort of inspired me to make this change where I get grateful for almost the future and like bringing into the, like the future that I want by being grateful for the trajectory that I'm on. So like, okay, I want to, I know that I want my mindset to evolve. I I know I want to be more resilient. I want to be better in so many ways. And the way I can be patient with that is by being grateful for the trajectory I'm on. So like I'm visualizing like I'm on this trajectory. I'm loving it. I'm turning up to the world the way I want to be. I'm getting better and better. Like, and I'm being grateful, but it's, it's almost fostering this energy for the future and it's gratefulness. But I think a lot of people get trapped into gratefulness. Oh, list three things you're grateful for. Uh, house, <laughs> wife, car. And then a week later, it's like, oh, I'm out of ideas. I'm done. And I think true gratefulness is when you can sort of like truly feel it and believe it and think it. Like have alignment between what is out in the outside world and what you're feeling in the inside world. There's such a difference between like thinking it, feeling it, believing it and just – because, like, the books, the grateful books where you write three things, like, you can write that down and not feel grateful at all. Absolutely. It's just, it's just like a, a fucking chore. And it has no impact. They've no. done studies that show it has no impact. It's just words written on a page. Yeah. It's yeah. Like no meaning, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And I've yeah. done that before and I'm guilty of it. But the positive... <laughs> I think we all are. Oh, yeah. Fuck. The positive changes I've made, like, really, my mental health has changed so much when I'm actually, like visualizing visceral it's like a feeling like an energy like i'm really like yes i'm like i'm on this journey i'm loving i've changed so much like i want to keep going i'm grateful for myself that i'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone i'm continuing to show up though i want to show up 
like it's I think it's really like it's a new thing I'm doing but I think it's a good way to be proud of yourself for what you're doing because I spoke about this recently I think being proud of yourself is one of the most powerful things you can ever can ever have it is I think like even like gratefulness expressing the outside world and everything but also realizing that everything that you've endured in life to get you to this moment you you should be so freaking grateful Mm. for and proud of as well because everything's prepared for you everything's prepared you for this moment in time and what's coming as well and by you keep projecting out and like putting out that you are so grateful for everything even all the negative stuff that has happened it's build your resilience up and your strength up to be able to handle what's to come and a lot of the time people look at life as like, why is happening? Why is this happening to me? Why is happen- this happening to me? And it's like, life is actually happening for you. If you can endure that and build your, res- your resilience through that and build the strength, imagine what you can do in six months' time mm. just by like continuously on the path that you're going and putting it out there. And then you can look back and be like, wow, I'm so proud of myself. Just looking at different lenses, isn't it? Because mm. you can look at the lenses like, why me, why me, why me? Or you can go like you can be like obviously you're not gonna be happy in the time like no one's happy I got fucking cancer no one's happy that you get cancer but hopefully when you beat it you're like fuck I am so strong absolutely like, and then you're just like oh yeah what's next like yeah. try me <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think the difference between life happening to you and for you is your mindset simply yeah. simply if you can learn to find value in the things that you've gone through and the experiences that you've had, you can find so much strength. Like your greatest weaknesses, quote unquote, can become your greatest strengths if you have the, the courage and the determination to make them. And I always say you can turn your pain into your purpose in life. Mm. And it's like, uh, I was at this Kerwin Ray thing last night and he said um, people with fixed mindsets and growth mindsets, as soon as you get a person with a fixed mindset and they get a problem in life, their brain just like shuts down. As soon as you get a person with a growth mindset and they get a problem, their brain just goes buzzing, all right, this is how we're going to do that. And it's like, in my life, that's what I aspire to be. And this is why you do hard shit on purpose. Because not everyone's going to get hit by a fucking (laughs) truck. Not everyone's going to have that. We hope. We don't want you to get hit by a truck. Yeah. Not everyone's going to have that hard thing. Some people, you know, they grow up with a very lucky life and that's fine. But what are you going to do? You can just stay and just be comfortable and live in that ha- like nice house and just, I don't know, just go through life easily. Like, for do me, the hard shit. For me, it's uh, it's just turning no stone left unturned. Like, mm. I just don't want to... Uh, it's regret. Like, I, I just did a podcast about yeah, you ch- why you chase your dreams and about power of regret in my old people. It's, like, the biggest thing. Like, the biggest life regret was literally... I, wa- I, didn't ha- I wish I had the courage to live the life I wanted, not the ones others expected of me. And that's simply why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's like I just want to pursue what I'm passionate about and the dreams that I have and and just see what I can what potential there is in the world. Just I don't want to have questions. I don't want to question like what if I you're don't gonna, yeah. I love that. Yeah. You're gonna regret the stuff that you don't do, not the stuff that you do. And yeah. unless it's like, you know. Unless bad you, you're not gonna want to murder anyone, but like <laughs> unless <laughs> Yeah, I think people make people can make peace with like mistakes and failures, but missed opportunities You'll never be able to make peace with that. Oh, 100%. It's a question that I asked when I was lying on the hospital bed after the car accident. I was like, I literally walked out six hours later. I just had major whiplash. That, latch, that's it. There was like 10 doctors waiting there for me. All they heard was high-speed accident. She's critical condition. Like, she's coming in. I was perfectly fi- Well, kind of perfectly fine. 
But as soon as I was lying on the hospital bed, I was looking up at the lights and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what impact do you want to make in this world? Like, what impact do you want to have? And then that's where I was just like, no, you want to create an impact to ignite others to speak up about their mental health. Mm. And that's where I was just like, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. It's like sleeping on your potential. Why sleep on your potential? Like, so many people are in homes like elderly are in homes and you ask them what's their biggest regret it's a regret that they never lived their life yeah. to the fullest well they just didn't fucking well, they pursue d- their dream like everyone has oh, i thought everyone had a dream <laughs> apparently 83 percent of people don't have a dream or I goals c- yeah i can confirm like three years ago i never had a dream nor goals because i was so stuck deep in that depression deep in that suicidal ideation and like when that truck accident happened that week i was contemplating like how can i do this should I just hit a bollard or smash into a tree? No one will know that it was an accident, but like people will look at it as an accident, but really it was me taking my own life. And then when that truck hit me, I was just like, fuck. And then that's where all my dreams and my goals come about because it just flashed between my eyes. But that's, yeah, yeah, well, mm. it's almost like, look, you had that accident. It's like the people, have you heard, they survived the Golden Gate Bridge? Yeah. That reminds me of that a lot. Like, except you didn't actually try. You just ha- you just had that happen to you, and then that's like just the like flick a, of the switch. There, like, for me, wow, I, I actually do want to be alive. I want to have a purpose. I want to pursue this passion of mine. And I got to remind myself as well, because like in that moment, I was just like, wow, like there is so much more out there for me. But um, I just wanted to be found, mm. and that's when I went on a deeper journey to discover of who I wanted to be. Mm. And it was like I feel a lot of the times is people are. They want to take their own life, but realistically they're feeling so lost, but they just want to be found. They want to have that safe space to come to, to talk about what they're going through with their own mental battles, but they don't just want to talk. They want to be like, all right, what next? How do I get out? How do I see the light? How do I keep moving forward? How, like, what do I actually need to change in my life? Not just the talking stage. What do I actually need to change? And then that's where it comes back to making the choice to change and not go back living down that path from i'm starting to realize that when you go down this path you, s- you make the choice every single day let's see i think people get almost like oh he's going down the self-improvement world how like, he's it's just be- like his domino effect and it is but you still wake up and you have opportunities to make the choices that you know you should be making and you can also go but like it's fucking like it's not like linear. Saying, you can choose every you have to choose every single day and it's so it's it, like you got people dragging you back. You got things dragging you back to where you were. It's fucking easier to go back than it is to keep going forward. Yeah. I say like you choose your heart in life. It's hard to stay where you are and just like living a mediocre life. But it's also hard to live a big grand life and go out and chase all your dreams. Like on your deathbed, what are you going to be happy with? Correct. The heart of mediocre or the heart of getting out of your comfort zone and go and chase the things that you want to do in life. And I feel like when you chase the things that you know you want to chase, like the meaningful things, like from my experience, the fulfillment I get from that is a hundred times better than like the validation and the temporary highs. Like, And you realise it's not really hard because mm. you really just enjoy it. Like, yeah, it's hard, but you actually just fully enjoy it. Like when I was on my run, people were like, what was the hardest day? And I'm like, I ran 70Ks a day for 27 days. There was no hard day. I loved it because I was fulfilling my purpose. And I just... Loved every moment of it. Yeah. Were you a runner before that? No. So you just <laughs> went out and did it? Yeah, I trained for nine months and then just went and did oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if you liked it. <laughs> no. yeah. But now I'm a dead set runner. I love running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love that. 
And that's, for me, helped with my own mental health journey. Yeah, it's how many people say it mm. and then how many people don't choose to do it. It's just like, fuck. Like, your choices are everywhere and right. you're literally one split second away from changing your life by one's choice. Like, just make the choice to get up and go out and do it. Like mm. It's the, yeah. It's a one moment. Yeah, one moment. Go with what you got. Otherwise, you'll never go. Yeah. We just rattle these quotes off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, we, yeah, we punch the wrong. Yeah, I feel like there's so much power in like, because I've said this before, this quote the other day on Instagram, where like 95% of your actions each day. Subconscious. Subconscious, right? So you like we're pretty much programmed to be on autopilot. And the reason we are is because it's very, it's it's conservative fuel-wise. Like it's too draining for every single little thing. Like I can't do these arm movements. I'm not thinking. <laughs> I'm not thinking of them. It's just because, like driving. It's too tiring to it, driving. Good example. If we had to think about consciously every little tiny thing you did, it'd be too draining. Like we wouldn't be able to keep up. So that's why we do it. But it does ultimately it doesn't serve us because what happens is we end up doing the same things, the same problems in our lives, the same situations, the same jobs, the same. It's everything keeps repeating itself. But you have five percent each day. You control that. If you can control that. It can change so much of your life. Ninety percent of your thoughts each day are just from yesterday. Mm. So I, I don't. If that stat, when I read that stat, it just astounded me to how much we're just going to keep doing the same things if we don't make some sort of change. Yeah. If you, that's why I feel like when you make that one moment and change your mindset, it has such a ripple effect because that five percent compounds so much. And if you start your day on that one percent change, like strive to be one percent better every single day. That's myself. If you start your day on that 1% change, then you're just like, oh, I can do a hard thing. I can do a hard task. Okay, let's move the needle forward again. What else? Let's move the needle forward again. But then also having enough compassion for yourself to know that what you've done for the day is okay, is enough, instead of being like, got to be better, got to be better, got to be better. There's a balance between it all and it's like there's a fine line of chasing better and then let's have compassion for yourself. You've done a good job today. That's where, like, the 1% bet every day, my thing was, like, it's a great thing, but there's no point ha- having a 1% better attitude if the one day you aren't 1% better, you don't show up the next day. And then day. you start bashing yourself exactly. down and, like, all these negative limiting beliefs kick in your head. Exactly. Like I think every time you miss an opportunity to show, like, let's say you have an off day and you miss that opportunity, it's not a failure to me. The failure is no. if you don't rock up the next day. That's failure. You know, I mean, it's not the one moment. It's never about the one moment. It's about your response. It's all about your response because that's all you get to choose. And no one's perfect. Like, fuck. If you're hitting every, like, even David Goggins, that, he must, he's got to have a day off. Yeah. <laughs> wow. People look at that stuff and it's like every single day. Yeah, every single day, majority of the time. But, like, you need to have a day off too. Like, you can't be perfect. And it's freaking draining if you're showing up like that every single day. Mm. Yeah, push up having you, a day off. <laughs> sometimes you just need a complete Netflix and chill day, like binge on the couch and just do nothing. Because yeah. I feel like that's a human essence in you coming out as well. Uh, that's also like, I feel like when you do that, it's a choice. Like you've chosen to do it. I feel like a lot of it's, <laughs> they don't really choose. Like obviously it's a choice in their um, like subconscious, but it's just like the everyday that it's like, yeah, Netflix. They're not really that's choosing it. Normal, it's just, yeah, yeah it's yeah, just their yeah. normal. But when you're choosing to do it, like, Choosing to have that downtime, it's, like, it's like powerful. It yeah. too. It's like an empowerment piece, yeah, and you're oh, just like, oh, relax. actually, yeah, I can proper relax, not just like, oh yeah, six down on the couch, let's relax, bro, get up. 
<laughs> what do you think about there's so much about like the hustle mentality like get busy be productive but i think a lot of people do it and it's to escape deep-seated issues yeah so like some people like are like yeah i grind like i do all these things but they're still doing it as like procrastinating the meaningful self-work that they're avoiding yeah, I definitely believe if you did a life order on or like a day order on the shit that you get done in a day, you look back at it, I definitely believe 90% of the stuff that you did isn't actually moving the needle forward for you. It's like if you cut out that 90%, you realise that you've got so much more time in the day to do what actually lights you up that is also going to move your needle forward and move and fill your happiness cup up as well. It's like we get so bogged down in the Monday tasks that we're like, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. Keep busy, keep busy, keep busy. i got to hustle. I want to build this empire. I want to build this business. Look the best, do the best. And you get so caught up in that trap and then you look back and you're like, actually, cut it all back and you'll really soon see that so many people just be busy for the sake of being busy and are just covering so many insecurities and demons inside. 100%. No, I've uncovered about that about myself on this journey, which is the whole reason I went on the journey, so that I could master it in a way so that I don't have to... I just want to, I have an optimized brain set, mindset, right? I'm just trying to optimize my mental health. Like I just want to be as happy and as possible in the sense that I believe there's so many little things that we do wrong that if we find a way to do them better, we're going to feel better about life. We're going to be able to impact people positively. So I look for the really small things now. Like I really used to be, I feel like I've done a lot of the big things in my life well with whether it's relationships, food, sleep, purpose, all that exercise like i've nailed the big things but now it's like okay it's the little things for me whether it's my time whether it's intentionality whether it's you know those really small things now because i think once you get a grasp on the the big things i think there's so much power in accumulating all those little small things and and just like continually making small improvements over time with little things they really start to add up what are the small things that you like doing that put you on that path i think so the best example I have is like the amount of like silly stuff that I would read um, with my podcast or like pretend I'm being busy trying to do research or do something and, and how my, I can get two podcasts done a week so easily but I'd find a way to make it more time consuming than it really is or I'd distract myself, I'd pretend I'm being busy um, and it's actually, I find it so easy when I'm present, leave my phone away. So leaving phone's a big one where like you're on your computer and you're like, oh, I'm going to spend two hours doing work. For me, like low screen time's a big one. Like for me, if I'm off my phone, I'm really, I end up being really present and I get so much done. So I think that's a small change I've realised. It's like if I'm, to be really intentional. So if I'm hanging out with people, I want to be off my phone. If I'm on my computer doing saying, my phone's away. So being intentional is one of those small things that is actually ends up being this huge thing. Um, and things like small, like reading reading a book, or I started journaling this year. Like that's a small thing, three minutes every morning and night. But the compounding effect is huge. That's a small thing, but it has such a huge impact. And when you have like time creep up in the day and you're like, oh, I've got an hour like this. This The world that we live in is such a fast-paced environment, so we feel like we have to fill it, fill it, fill it. And instead of, oh, I've got an hour to kill before a meeting, or I've got an hour to kill before this thing that's on, it's like... For me, I just go outside and just lay on the grass or I just do a little stretch or like look up the clouds and it's like don't jump straight to my phone and scroll for an hour on social media. It's like we live in such a fast-paced environment that we're wired to be fast-paced. And it's like what I found 
um, is that there is so much power in the stillness and there's so much power in the slowness. And when you eliminate so much of your pointless stuff that you do throughout the day-to-day thing, you start to value it so much more and value your time more and you're just like, oh, life gets to be enjoyable. (laughs) I don't need all of this fast-paced stuff. And it's so much better, like, you're choosing to do nothing, like you're choosing to lay out on the grass. And something that I suck at is, like, let's say I'm going to go edit a video, but it'll just be the biggest procrastination. I'll be on my phone or I'll just find a way to procrastinate and, like, that hour is filled up with, like, a whole bundle of fucking mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, when, like, so, like, pretty much shit intentionality, I'd say. Yeah. Whereas, like, I would have been better off just laying in the sun. <laughs> I would have got the same amount of work done. Yeah. Um, Do you think that is because... I think to me that comes back to the fact that we're, besides the fact that we're chasing dopamine here, I think we're so not good with uncertainty because we're like, oh, this tiny little thing's not really worthwhile. Like we overlook things, the small things, because we don't think they're worthwhile. What's the thing? The easy things are hard or something like that? The the easiest things to do are like... Are the hardest to do. The hardest to do. Bringing in washing, that's like my chore (laughs) every single afternoon and... Sometimes I'll just make an excuse like I've got free training up. No, nah, can't do it. Like this, af- I actually chose to do it this afternoon. I was like, nah, I'm fucking not using using an excuse to <laughs> like go to the potty. I'm I'm fucking doing it, and it's so easy. It takes literally three minutes. To, nothing, no effort at all. But just like the ego, like telling you, it's it. good when you can catch it out yeah, as well. I loved it. Even just like, <laughs> um, my partner he likes to chuck his clothes on the ground, and I'm like the washing is just like right there, put it in there. <laughs> and then for me, I'll sometimes I'll just walk straight past and on ma- my mind it's irking me and I'm like, it's easy for you just to pick it up right now and put it in the washing machine mm-hmm. instead of just like walk straight past it and then it makes my job easier or like just for me keeps um, clean spaces out. People don't think that the little stuff matters as well. Like a lot it's of my mates like like lateness <laughs> and like the word of, um, I'm, yeah, I'm coming or like I'm, I'll be at that place. Like they just think it. Like that's just where it stops. I mean, it starts and ends. But it has. It actually is such a big thing in your life. And until you fully, it makes your life easier as well. As yeah. in, like talking about doing the easy things, which is also like hard for me. I put out my pills every single night, so in the morning I can just wake up. My pills are there, done. Yeah. I don't have an excuse not to be like, oh. I can't be bothered getting my vitamins out and having my vitamins because I'm like, no, when you have your vitamins, you feel the best. Of a night time, it's such a chore. But in the morning, it's like, oh, thank you, Brooke, for yeah, looking out for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think how you master the little things is how you master everything. Like, if you can't make your bed, how are you seriously going to chase oh, these man, big dreams? Oh, man, don't make their beds. I'm like, what are you I doing, used, I used to do that. Now, like, I just so easy to do because because I would avoid, and I still have, like, room to grow here. But I overlook so many small things because because in my head, deep down, I had this burning desire to be more, be great, and I wanted to achieve more. And I was like, this isn't getting me to where I want to be. That, that's literally why I didn't do it. I was like, this is not getting me to my end goal. So, it but mm. it does, and you just don't see it because see it. it's so transferable. It's the discipline. It's the commitment. It's doing something you don't want to do. It's building that anterior mid-cingulate cortex which was nice. this brain region that they found where it's willpower. It's this region in the brain that is willpower and it only grows when you do something you don't want to do. Doing the dishes when you don't want to do them, hanging the washing out, all these small things, making a bed in the morning when you just got to go do something. Cold showers, ice baths, exercise. It builds this brain region and it transfers to every aspect of your life. It doesn't just, think, it doesn't just say, oh, now we're running so we're going to work harder. It literally transfers to everything. So that's why 
if you can that those small things accumulate they build this brain region up and then you can it makes it so much easier to chase your dreams goggins actually has a lump on his head (laughs) (laughs) this brain region (laughs) yeah it's like too big (laughs) i always say like the standard you the standard you walk past is the standard you set and like if you continuously not doing like the easy tasks every single day that's a standard that you're setting for yourself and you're also setting for everyone else to play into around you as well and it's like standard that I set for myself that's the standard other people play in around me as well it's like late to things or messages or I'm coming or like not making your bed <laughs> like the washing situation it's like if I'm going to walk past that standard other people are going to do that and it's like you can you're one second away from changing your standards in all areas if you just change that one thing it's a self-story too yeah like yeah. it's we're big on the self story. Like you know, like someone else might not know where the image, but no one might not even care. Someone might not even go into your room that day. Yeah. But you know, and you'll know, and those things compound, and that subconscious voice builds and builds when you keep overlooking the little things. Like because it, it, it ends up screaming that voice. Oh, you're so lazy. You don't. You can't even do this tiny little thing. How are you seriously meant to achieve these big, hard, grand goals? Put yourself out of your comfort zone if you can't do the tiny things because you have that voice screaming. You you can't yeah. do it. You clearly you can't, dude. Littering 2023 was like my massive thing. It's so fucking like just this massive like epiphany. I was like, it's it's not even just about the environment. You're so lazy if you can't take a tiny bit of rubbish and put it in the bin. Like it, it takes fuck all effort. I've, and now I, I can't walk past. You know, it's 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 a good trait, but so it fucking good. sucks. Like <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck, see another piece. Got to go pick it up. And it's like in this world of PD and self-growth and everything, it's like if you want to be around that and if you want to help like other people come along from the journey as well, like you've got to do that small stuff as well because if you're not embodied in it all, if you're not integrated in that all of your life, like you know yourself that you're just lying to yourself and then how does that feel lying to everyone else? Yeah, I do this and it's like you actually like I can tell that in your energy I can tell that in how you're actually wording things that you don't actually do any of that you've just read it off a book and now you're trying to teach it to me Mm. it's like the best teacher is by teaching yourself and showing up for yourself doing that stuff yeah you can't fake authenticity but I love being vulnerable and saying like when I fuck up when I like obviously no one's perfect so yeah I love saying like I'm not perfect I know I'm not perfect no one is but I love telling people like the shit that I do wrong as well. Yeah. yeah. The, the stuff I do right. Yeah, that's awesome as well. But I don't know. I get it's a we're weird not thing. like straight line T's cross every single day. It's like we're humans. We fuck up too, yeah. and you got to own your fuck ups. Yep. Exactly. Um, last point to talk about. What do you think about social media? I was going to ask. That. I didn't even know that was written down. Yeah. I love it and I hate it. No, I love it. I purely do love it. There is so much hate against it. That's why I said that piece. But I personally love it. If you know how to use it mm. and if you have your boundaries set in place. Yeah. For me, I don't touch social media. Don't tu- I do touch my phone at about 10 o'clock in the morning. Don't touch social media until maybe 11-ish um, when my priority tasks are done. But never do I scroll social media anymore. Yeah, it's unreal. So good. And Can't say the same, but yeah, it's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> never because I found myself just going in this comparison trap and I was like, it's not serving me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I just found myself buying shit that I didn't even need as well and I'm like it's got a time and a place it's so powerful and you can have the biggest impact on social media that's where I love it um to share things like this um to share stories to educate and inspire other people but you do have to have your boundaries in place for me I don't look at social media until at least 10 a.m in the morning and I respond when I want to respond 
like when I'm set to respond to messages and like in with like more that. intention and not because I have to. Mm, like no guilt. No just guilt around it. I'm just yeah, like, like oh, like inboxes could be 20, 30. I'm just like when I have time to respond to those people, I'll respond. Like if your family members or whatever, you know how to get contact in with me. Mm. Emails, messages, but social media response is like the last. Yeah, I like that. And that's when I'm ready. That's when I feel embodied. That's when I feel like the intention. Like I just, I'm very big on intention. So you'd intention probably agree I bring with to the space. Yeah, you probably agree with like social media is not the bad thing. It's people. It's the people, and it's how you use it. If you're on your social media six, seven, eight hours a day, it's like, of course it's bad for you. If you're just scrolling like this, of course you're gonna get stuck in the spiral. Snapchat, absolute worst. <laughs> the biggest bullying out there is. It's like, well, of course it is because you haven't taught your teenagers how to use it properly. And to be fair, like they don't know how to use it. No. So they get given a phone. Oh, there's social media. There's an app. Sweet. I'll send a picture. I'll bully that person. Send it off. Tell her all this harmful stuff. It's like there needs to be so much more education around social media. By the right people as well. People that these like kids, because it starts there, that they want to listen to. Because yeah. like, I remember being back at school, like, oh yeah, another fuckwit on the stage. And, like, yep, no, another <laughs> mum, dad trying to tell me what to do. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> but whereas if they got some 25, 26, under 30 pretty much person, like I, I think I'd be a lot more inclined. And you had a school teacher on recently and he they have this thing where they have to whip out their screen times and it's like 15 hours and they're up until <laughs> fucking 2am in the morning. It's like 15 hours a day, are you kidding me? Like, oh, No wonder mental. you're depressed. Like what, what do you, like, what do you mean? And it's like they don't realise that that's how Facebook makes their money. That's how Instagram makes their money. That's how TikTok makes their money. For every scroll you do, you're putting like a million bucks into their bank account. Yeah, and like, they're, they're good at their job. They know how to keep you on the app. You have to have the self-discipline. The psychology and the marketing, the psychology that goes into the marketing is like unbelievable. Mm. It's scary. That's why I don't mind scrolling because my, my Instagram, my, my TikTok is literally like, the feeds are amazing. Like I learn a lot, like I do. Obviously, I probably shouldn't spend as much time as I do spend on it, Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, like I actually learn a lot from Yeah, because uh, your algorithm, yeah, it's, it's, it's designed to keep you on there simply. So if you're in this really positive mindset and you're consuming information that's positive, educational, you end up just seeing more of that because that's what mine is because yeah. that's all I look at because they want you to be on there. But unfortunately, that's not what people who need it the most have on their screens. Dude, three years ago, three years ago, I'd literally just have hot girls, every single thing. <laughs> like, I actually got bored of it eventually, but like that was me. That was just hot girls, yep, watch them dance. <laughs> it was genuine. Like now I think about it now, I'm just like, what the fuck? Cause but that's the reality. Yeah, now that you've learned and you've grown yeah. and like your whole feed's changing yeah. and stuff and like say there's no scroll, no scroll, like I definitely feel like there needs to be a time and a place where you allow yourself to scroll because there is so much education on there. There is so much um, creativity that I can get from there as well. So it's like... I don't scroll every single day. I scroll maybe once a week for 15 minutes. Yeah. But I time cap it. And then if I'm going down the hole that TikTok likes to put you down the hole, I'm just like, I acknowledge, like I bring awareness to it and I'm just like, no, nah, that's sweet. Mm. Or I'm like, two more minutes, that's it. Yeah. Because, no, like it. yeah, if you keep going down that hole, it's just like, you'll never get off your phone. 100%. All right, any concluding thoughts? <sighs> don't make many... Uh People with the last name Macintosh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> and Brooke. Well, Macintosh. Well, I get called Brooko. Um, oh yeah. My last Ooh. name's Brooke. Triple threat. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Triple threat. That's funny, as. 
That's gold. Well, there's a lot of Macintoshes in my family, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Any concluding uh, thoughts? I uh, none. Not really. I feel like we covered so much today. The topics were dope. The questions yeah. were wicked. We talk about this shit every day. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That um, no, was really cool. Good. No, I loved it. Thanks Do for coming shit. on. Do it. <laughs> Do hard shit. Do hard Be shit. Vulnerable. Don't leave no stone unturned and just get up and go. Love it. Love it. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. See you in the next one. Let's go. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.